0: Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name's Panos, and I'm joined by my brother,
1: Luke. How are you? What's going on, boys and girls? Here we are for another episode of the Luke and Panos show. Yes, sir. Mm. On eight o'clock on a Monday evening, we- Just finished the latest, not last, the latest episode of Game of Thrones. So that was pretty cool. Lots of bloodshed. As usual, and uh, ready to bang out a podcast for the people. I haven't even watched one episode of that, so um, no ever? You mean like ever?
0: I may have watched like half of one when my sister was watching it, and I was asking too many questions, and she told me <laughs> off, so I stopped.
1: <laughs> Are you okay? Are you just okay? So I'll tell you this, right? When I when Game of Thrones came out in 2011, I was like the guy who was like. Fucking dragons and swords and I'm not into any of that weird stuff. And then I think it was, I think it might've been when I hurt my back. I somehow just, oh, cause they, they were like starting to make more seasons or something like that. And so I I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back and watch it. Dude, within like, I don't know, three episodes, I was hooked, like hook, line and sinker. Like, and then I just binged the whole thing. You know, and now it's like a prequel and it's like all this stuff and like
0: the thing got- about series for me is that I don't commit, not because I don't want to, it's because I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna watch time. one, watch two, and I'm like, holy shit, I wanna watch yeah. the rest of this. This is like a really, really long, cool movie. So yeah. um, but I started what watching rewatching like for like a hundredth time the um Dark Knight, you know, the Batman. Oh, okay. Um, the trilogy or yeah, I love it. So good. And each time you watch it, you to like get you get more from it, you know.
1: Have you um, watched the the one that came out this year, the the Robert Patterson? I haven't one? watched it yet, no. I heard it's really good. I really want to watch it. Like I heard it's really, really good. I actually I want to watch it. And I'm and I would say out of all the superheroes, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a massive superhero guy, but Batman's definitely my favorite. Same here. And always has been. And it's it was weird too, cause like, I mean, I'm like three or four years older than you. So like the Batman movies that came out when we were kids were pretty, like, weird. They weren't that good. They didn't get yeah. good until the Christopher Nolan one came out, like, that came out, the one that you're talking about.
0: I you wish know. you just did more of them. They're just so cool, so dark and so realistic, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I got all these Batman toys from when I was young. Like, they're still in a cabinet. Oh, like, I one. was really obsessed when I was young as I well. I was a
1: Ninja Turtles guy. In terms yes. of toys, I had, I had like, all the Ninja Turtles toys. I had the little figurines and, the like, the van and the little, like, sewer playset anyway bring you back we're talking
0: about toys i've got the 100th edition and the 200th edition of batman and they're still in their box because my mom wouldn't let me take them out of the box <laughs>
1: they're probably worth they're probably, probably worth are. something
0: exactly yeah. that was her point i'm like but the toy is so cool he's like black he's like black and blue and metallic looks so awesome but um maybe leonardo can play with him if they're not worth anything which i doubt um, yeah. i'm sure they're worth something yeah. but anyway topic of the day is you get what you reward and I got this, I heard um, Glenn Cook, mentor of ours, teacher, good friend. He said it, so I didn't make it up. But he he- I heard him say it one day. He's like, hey, you get what you reward? And I'm like, yes, of course. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Because, of course, re- a reward is form of reinforcement, strengthens behavior. You see more of it in the future. So you yeah. naturally will get more of it. Like You get more of the behaviors that you generally reward. And, of course, in not just for dog direction. training. Yeah. In all ways, right? Exactly, undesirable ones too, which is probably going to be more of the probably the more main what focus we'll talk of about today. Today, yeah, exactly. Um, I had Roger, one of our avid fans, get back, and he's like, "Polykota says, like, some, of, like, not that he was telling us off because he always gives good feedback, and I always ask for his feedback, but he says, you know, um, maybe because one of the episodes we did, and I think it was pretty popular one when I put up on Instagram talking about like why you shouldn't like people that shouldn't get a dog, people that shouldn't oh, get a dog. Last enough. episode, yeah, pretty sure that was the last one. He, um, he's like. We should also talk about why people should get a dog. And I get it. I get what he was saying. And it's like, and I think he pulled us up on like, I think the last couple have been a little bit negative. And I think we even mentioned that last time. But it's just some of the cycles. I think the podcast episodes go through cycles and it's what's happening currently in our minds or. I think Mercury was in retrograde
1: for all those episodes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. It was, but like, um, yeah. Okay. It fair point. Be. Fair point, Roger. We'll, we'll,
0: um, We'll,
1: but look, right, this, we'll brighten things up a this bit. will be the last
0: one of like us going, hey, of course you get more of that because it's what you bloody reward. But everything in context, if you look at all the episodes from like taking a step back, there, I think there's a bit of a story to be told in, in a way, and um, and it just is what it is. But it means that he's paying attention. I do appreciate everybody's feedback because this is the people show, right? Um, But the first point, the first note that I have up here is most people don't know they reinforce behaviors that they don't like, i.e. attention seeking, barking, pulling on the leash and jumping are some of the main ones. And interesting, I had a client the other day, she says, I want it like on her goals list, i get everyone to write a goals, like all their goals before I come. I don't want to be telling them what they should be doing. I want to know what they want so then I can help them get what they want. Otherwise, I'm just projecting my own yeah. Desires of what I want dogs to do, and most people may not want it. And I want to know what people do want, so we can help align to make their goals, but also to see what what bugs them. And she says, "Jumping, like I don't want my dog jumping."
1: Is on the uh, list. This is the classic example, and I was going to give it if you didn't, but here we go. Right? There you For go. Like every dog owner that we've probably ever come across
0: say, um, oh, "We need to stop the dog from jumping," but then literally three sentences later, she goes, "But when I come home, I love it when my dog jumps on me." <laughs> and i'm yeah. like hey hold on a second you just said you want to stop jumping you just told me that you love it when your dog jumps all over you which i know is bullshit because when the dog dog was jumping on me you she was panicking trying to stop the dog
1: well yeah because telling she's the dog embarrassed because she's the paid the paid possibly because the paid professional is here and it's like oh my god she, he, he you know the dog's jumping on the the dog trainer and it's like
0: don't do that. We don't like that. But then also she says when I come home and he jumps all over me. I love it so much. And like we pat him and I and I you know I we ha- like we have so- we have a moment when I walk into the house and I said to her when you're dressed up about to go to that wedding and that dog jumps on you, I bet you you tell him not to. And then she says, "Yeah, that's true." I'm like, "Because you don't want him to like, you know, destroy your beautiful dress, for mm-hmm. example." And th- or- this is
1: precisely the problem too. It's like, "Well, you just told me that um you don't want the dog to jump." But you also said that um, you like it when the dog jumps. Now, if you're giving, if you're telling me those mixed signals, what do you think the dog is getting from you? Exactly. Right. Now, not only that, but, and we've talked about this before, and I learned this from you, is like, um, let's not focus so much on what we don't want, but what we do want. Mm -hmm. Because you've already, to get the dog to jump up, you've already, without knowing it, um, you've reinforced that behavior, you've rewarded it. But what are we, what is the behavior that we want to reinforce? It is four paws on the ground, calm, that kind of thing, right? That's if, that's what, if that's what yeah, you if want. Yeah, if that's what you want. Yeah. If you want to say, jump, hey, by all means. Yeah, I walk in the house, dog jumps on me.
0: And if my friends don't like the dog jumping on them, well, then too bad. Now, I would say what I said to her was look, if you like the dog jumping on you because it gives you a sense of significance, because it's like you get all this love and affection from your dog, I get it, whatever. Yeah. Um, I've I put her that- shadows.
1: I've put shadows jumping on command. Just as a quick side note, like because I know he likes to do it. Exactly, so I'll, I'll give him a window to do it. And if you like it, imagine you walk
0: into the house. Shadow walks up to you, and you say, "Hey, buddy, jump up!" And he jumps up on you. Then yeah. you pat him and love him and kiss him and do all that stuff. Then I'd say, "Who cares?" Just- I
1: actually, I actually just use his liberty command, which is break. And he nine times out of ten, he'll do that if he's right in front of me and I and he's he's excited to see me when I come home. I'll just give him his his liberty command and he'll nine times out of ten, he'll just jump up on
0: you. And then on in saying that, then if that happens too often, then he goes, you walk in, you close the door, three seconds. In three seconds, you're going to say break and then I'm going to jump. And then one day you don't say break, he may jump. And that's where you would still get what you reward unless you make right. that a bit unpredictable in a way, right? right? Yeah. But, um, but then for you, because you have you understand a bit more, You would walk in. Let's just say in that moment, you're wearing jeans that don't want to be dirty or you just came back from a suit or something. A suit, right? You walked in. I was going to say white jeans. I don't know if you wear white jeans.
1: But let's just say. (laughs) Miami Vice. (laughs) No, I don't don't any pair of white pants.
0: (laughs) But you walk in and then in that day, you don't want him to jump because you're wearing the suit. And then he goes to jump. You're like, don't jump. I didn't say break. And he goes, oh, that's deep. Yeah, you didn't. That's right. So. You you have to be mindful of that, but again, even but you still get what you reward, right? So even if you've said break in this example, if it's always predictable, walk in, keys down, closed door, break, walk in, keys door, um, keys down, then you say yep. break, then eventually he will just pick up that pattern rather yep. than saying the word. So yes. But with, with her, and like I said to her, when I come home, my dogs don't jump on me. Like there's no dogs that jump on me. They get really excited. They wiggle their ass in front of me. I give them a pat. And if I went to Chile, if I tap my chest and like, I don't even have it on a formal command yet, but if I like up, up, he would just like launch himself onto my chest and I like, catch him. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, he's like truly jumping on me, but he doesn't just do that whenever that's like dodgy, <laughs> like a torpedo jumping at yeah. my chest. Um, but again. I, I, and with spades, less so these days, his back and his legs aren't doing so well, you know. He's getting on a bit, isn't he? Right. Yeah. But if I'm like, I jump up, buddy, and like he jumps up for sure. So it's, um, so again, you got to be mindful. But just for her, I said to her, sorry, if I just have like little random breaks, I just let everyone know why I'm like stopping and just, and I'm staring at this little baby monitor because today Leonardo has his single bed that we've just set up for him. So he's out of a cot, he's on a bed, and Tanya's out at, um, um with some friends and now i'm doing the podcast daddy daycare daddy Daddy daycare so i'm watching him so if he he's uncomfortable going hey where am i or whatever i may have to pause and go and deal with him and come back so
1: and if you look and he's not on the camera and he's escaped like a jailbreak we may have a a pause in transmission there's another thing
0: as well like nothing to do dog training but our door handles like so we're in an old house door handles like literally the like the height of my jaw like really high they're not like Uh, standard so i'm like so now he has a bed the question is, do I do we keep the door open for him? Or like do we keep the door closed? Is he allowed to get out? And like all these things that I have never explored before. So we're going to be. Uh, in the always?
1: Does he? Hmm? Has he up until now? Has he slept with like a nightlight on or the door? He's got opened? this
0: little thing, so we train him right because we're like you know training the baby too. So it's a it's a thing called a grow light, and so at we put him to bed depending if he's had a nap or not. So we yeah. put in a bed like seven o'clock yeah. and that light is blue while he's asleep. It's very dim blue. So like there's something in the room and then 7am it goes yellow and yellow means, like uh, that, yep. and, and the yep. thing, the little owl on there is called Ollie. So he's not allowed to call for us until Ollie Unless, like, he isn't distressing, he needs us. But, like, we're not waking up until Ollie wakes up. So, 7 o'clock is when we're keen to wake up. So, if he wakes up at, like, 6.15, he's like, oh, let's play. And I'm like, buddy, you need to, like, stay asleep until Ollie wakes up. And, Are you telling um, me
1: you've given your three-year-old a conditioned response? To it, a... Well, like, so this morning,
0: because <laughs> the last couple of nights, since we were on holidays, things kind of went a bit askew because, like, we'll, sleeping in the bed with him in a hotel and like like all these different situations. So that kind of went dodgy, but he's back in routine. So this morning and the last three days he's been waking up at seven, like calling for us, who knows when he actually wakes up. So now that he has a bed and not a cot, he can get up and play and do stuff in his room, Yeah. but then like we're not waking up or we're not coming to you until – that light goes yellow. So again, we're still in experimental mode about what's going to happen. Um, again, we're going to get what we reward because if we keep getting up at 6.15, 6.00 AM, quarter to six, there's going to be 5.30 AM that he's waking up. And then now we have to deal with him at 5.30 in the morning. And who wants that? So yep. we're trying to be mindful of that.
1: So. I feel like um, this, uh, the, you know, when you told me we we're going to talk about this today, I thought it was a really good idea because it's, it's kind of like that 30,000 foot um, concept that I try and, Uh, Get across to clients, just as an overall rule, general rule of thumb, to help them understand that kind of constant balance between showing the dog what you do and don't want, Mm -hmm. and do you actually realise that you are explain thirty foot rule, thirty thousand foot view. I mean, which means like the overall concept of you get what you reward, as in like I think your average pet owner only thinks of reward as the dog does a sit or the dog does a thing and he gets a reward like as a opposed treat. to, mm-hmm. yeah, and they they may not necessarily understand until we explain that concept of reinforcement to them. So, what like, is, those, we'll what talk what about it is like to like, reinforce any behavior, uh, any particularly behavior, an undesirable yes. one, mm-hmm. right? They don't necessarily understand that that's how they've created these behaviors. So, dog's
0: outside, dog starts barking, you open the door to let him in. They don't see that typically as a reward. They're gone. I just let the dog in because he was barking. Like, what's yep. the big deal? It's like, well, yeah. the dog learned while he was barking, you let him in. That's what he wanted. And you gave it to him. You rewarded him. I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's and their so mind true. does get a little bit, yeah, exactly. Their mind gets a little uh, bit blown at that point. They're like, oh. And you see the light go on and you're like, yeah, see that. So that's mm. kind of like the concept. That's what we're trying to explain here.
0: And it was like when I was listening to Huberman, Andrew Huberman talking about when they first released their paper. So he was like working with this other scientist, like a professor, and um, they submitted a paper and it got published or something. And there was like a, they basically did the good job. And he says, oh, so like, where would we celebrate tonight? And then she, and it was all about dopamine, which was a paper. And she goes, I think we'll miss celebrating this one out this time. And maybe the next time. And he thought she was joking, but she was true about rewarding intermittently about publishing papers. And he was like, oh, wow, she actually had us on an intermittent schedule reinforcing only some of the efforts that they do. And she also said, publishing the paper in and of itself should be rewarding, not the party and the celebration we have after. But next time we release the other one, we may do the party after. And he was like, oh, wow, that was, and it's so fascinating, especially when a dog trainer hears that because we're talking about scientists in a lab, experimenting on mice and people. And, and I just thought that was really fascinating because you still get a reward with partying with your friends and your colleagues after doing the job. And it's like, and even with my son, you know, um, we're toilet training him. He's now successfully doing all of his number ones in the toilet. We're still struggling with number twos and he wants to like, he goes, don't worry, I'll wait, I'll wait until I go to bed and when the nappy's on, I'll do it then. So he's not like pooing his pants, yeah. but he'll wait until the nappy's on in bed and then he'll do it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, daddy, I've done a poo. And i have to go and deal with that. But um so we were rewarding him with like lollies. Every single pee he did in the toilet, we would give him like a lolly. Um And then now I like, can then over time, I was mindful that we don't just stop rewarding the Lollies altogether. Yeah, we reward them. Sometimes will
1: go extinct. Exactly,
0: and then now he just goes. Daddy, in go toilet. He does a pee. Big deal. Yay, good work, buddy. Wash your hands. Get on yep. with it. It's normal. But yep. now he's like, oh, do I get a lolly for this? Oh my god, I'm doing a pee. I'm gonna get a lolly. I'm like, no, you only get lollies now if you do a poo in the toilet. And uh, he's really resistant you've, with that. We've
1: increased the criteria. Of yeah, exactly.
0: one hundred percent. And me <laughs> and my it's have, a complex what, skill. <laughs> exactly. Me and my wife have also had. Discussions, maybe even disagreements. Like he's not a dog, like you know, just whatever. It's not whatever. about being a dog, though. Like it has nothing to do with it.
1: You know, operant and classical conditioning, or you know, they weren't invented by dog trainers. It just so happens that that's what we use. Exactly. Was my, I guess my next question was, yeah, how helpful has it been with your knowledge of those those behavioral science uh, elements? How helpful has that been in having a child?
0: Well, like it makes it so much more clearer that at least there's a bit of a plan. Like, oh, I get a lolly for this one. I'm like, oh, maybe next time, buddy. He's like, oh, okay. It was not like one day I decide not to give him any rewards, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you're not getting lollies, by the way. And he's like, what? And then I get a big meltdown and tantrum. It's like, well, right. it's a, it's been an ease. We've like ease. It's like, do I get a lolly for this one? But Maybe maybe next time. And maybe is very powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now with a human, you can like, you can project it for 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 for, for, for later. I can say, yeah. so like one time he did a poo in the toilet at nighttime. And I said, I'll give you ice cream next time you do a poo in the toilet. And then it was like nine o'clock at night or something. He was about to go to bed. It was like a late one. He did a poo in the toilet. I'm like, we celebrated it, but I didn't really want to give him ice cream just before going to bed. And he's like, go oh, get ice cream. I'm like you get, you will get ice cream, but I'll give it to you tomorrow because like it's bedtime now. First thing in the morning, he woke up and I woke up with him and he goes, oh, I got ice cream because I did a poo. And I'm like, bro. I'm giving you ice cream for breakfast because I did promise it. So, like, you can't, I'm going to give <laughs> yeah. him ice cream. I do not care if it's 7 in the morning. I did promise that he got an ice cream cone and everything. This is amazing. And it is what it is because I could reward him. But with the dog, it has to be within that 1.6 seconds or even a little smaller than that. So, you can't go, look, good work, dog. I'll reward you for that tomorrow. It doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And the dog's also not like, going to come to you afterwards and be like, hey, remember yesterday when I did the thing and you didn't pay me?
0: And you said it. You said yeah, you would. Exactly. You promised it, So, um, which is very interesting. So those are the differences. But, again, it's still very much the same, right? Um, now, the hardest thing, I think, is putting myself on that schedule, rewarding myself. It's like I've done a really good work today. I'm not going to reward myself this time. I'll reward myself next time. Now, that could be hard because if you – so I've got a beer in my hand right now because I like to have a beer for the podcast or maybe a little bit of um, alcohol. It kind of keeps the verbal juices flowing at 8 o'clock at night and also just is what it is. But um, then I I should – because maybe next time and you guys can pull me up on it. Now, not all the time that I record I'm drinking because sometimes it's – 12 o'clock midday and I'm not drinking then. But usually when me and you talk, I like to kind of have that social yeah. sort of situation. Yeah. But maybe next time that we do it, because I've done quite a little bit the last few episodes, maybe I won't be the same. Um So you don't want to get too locked into something where you become now dependent on a on, on, something. And that's where continuous schedule of reinforcing. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'll get to do the podcast, have a beer and have a chat. It'll be nice. It's exciting. I feel it all going through my, my brain right now. So um, does that change my performance for next time if I don't do it? And I think that's where, you know, can I reward myself maybe a little bit differently? So just to kind of gather from that question. That-
1: does that work though? Because you are the one who's in control of the. I don't know. I, I like you know what I mean. Doesn't the the intermittent schedule only work in the sense that, like, the the let's say the subject or the the dog or like say when it's a poker machine you're playing, the machine controls or the algorithm controls the the reward schedule. But in this case, you are both the subject and the controller. I guess you could say. Let's just say, I.
0: Next time, like okay, every time, let's just say hypothetical.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Every time I see a tough, aggressive dog and I do a good session, yep. I'm going to reward myself at the end of the day with a beer. And okay. let's just say I see them three times a week. So that means mm-hmm. I'm getting three Bs a day. Uh-huh. I'm three Bs a week for after those hard jobs. Yeah, But do I not get rewarded because of the effect that I have on the alcohol on my system? Like it feels good to have or like, like having chips. It's like what's a cheat day? You know, like, sure. oh, I'm going to have a cheat day today. And then some people say we don't do any cheat days. But then the problem with having no cheat days is that you may then splurge, have one day of chips and burgers, and then you may go, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. And, again, very difficult conversation because we're now talking down dependency and, and and addictions in a way. And it's all got to do with that dopamine, you know, production. And, and, and I don't know. I think that's out of my realm. And maybe I'm ex- – look, most of my friends tell me that I think way too much about things and that I do myself worse damage to my psyche than I do um, <laughs> positive. So that's been the theme of my life for the last six months, that I've been thinking about maybe this too much, that I can probably kind of paralyze myself mentally, psychologically. Um, so asking that question is very interesting. I don't know. I like to experiment these things with myself because I think if I'm going to have a bit of a, sh- um, uh, let's say, not destructive, but a cheeky day today, I've got to work out and have a cold shower. Like it's just a discipline thing. Mm-hmm. I guess we can just kind of maintain it. Maintain the, the the mindset of being disciplined about something rather than the reward of it. I think we can reward ourselves, but I don't think it's as you said as effective as someone else rewards you. Like if yep. we had a, if I had a boss that goes, "Good work this week, guys. We're going to the pub. My shout." Yep, that's a reward. Yeah, the boss yep. rewarded us. So yep. maybe I got to get my wife on board to reward me. And reinforce yeah, me making. You to teach Instead her of-
1: about intermittent rewards, and <laughs> possibly tell her to put you on a variable schedule of possibly. Reward. Now, speaking of that, in terms of, you know, you get what you reward, and talking about, um, you know, with clients, let's let's take the jumping for example, or any behavior, but the jumping is a good one. You know, I try very early on to explain this concept of the variable schedule of reward. Um, Especially for undesirable behaviors, and there is no—I always use the poker machine analogy because I find people kind of take—they—they—they they, they can understand that pretty well—and um, try to explain to them there is no such thing as a variable schedule of punishment. There is only a variable schedule of reward. So if the dog jumps on you ten times and you—you know—you tell him off, let's say nine times, and the—and the one time you pat him. Most dogs are willing to gamble another nine times that you'll give him one more shot at getting what he wanted. The same applies for multi-people households where if not everyone is on the same table, the dog is willing to gamble that one person on one particular day versus another person on another particular day is going to reward that behavior, whether that's scratching at the back door, crying in the crate, jumping when you come home, whatever it is.
0: You know, I think, I think sometimes, so it's a good question. So I remember we, when Pat Stewart was talking about, yeah, you, when you're intermittently punishing a behavior, you're actually intermittently reinforcing it. I think, and then also, and then when you said onto different individuals, would it still have the same effect on the behavior? I really like it's very contextual, right? So I think with jumping, I don't think that's, that's always a case because if I've corrected a dog consistently and with the right intensity, for a behavior. It's like, it's, it's almost guaranteed in so many ways. I rock up to the house. I've come to the shelter. I've gone to my friend's house and the dog just doesn't do it to me. And sometimes in fact, and this is legit about jumping. Funny. We talk about jumping mm. is this bull terrier jumped on everyone. Notorious It had twins coming on their way. They're little babies. And like, we kind of have this powerhouse jumping on everyone. Everyone's coming to visit kids and whatever. If I, and when I, And I told them how to do it. I would even correct the dog for jumping on other people. We had people come over. The dog just realized when I'm there, the dog just doesn't jump on anybody. So I'd stand there and the neighbor, we asked the neighbor to come over. And I was like in the back corner, just sitting on a chair um, away from the situation. Person came in, the dog's like excited, but didn't jump. Sometimes the dog would check in on me and look at me, not like scared, but look at me going, no, I don't want to get corrected for that. So, and like, oh my God, this is so annoying that- won't that the dog won't jump on people because panos is here. So one day I had to literally be like I got them to walk the dog. I climbed onto the granny flat roof. So I'm on the freaking roof of the house. Where like this is before we could like definitely use what um you know WhatsApp and, and video calls. <laughs> um, so I'm hiding on the roof. The dog came home. The mum and dad like the grandparents came over and then as the grandparents came, I was there to I want to watch what was happening. Now, if we thought about it now, we could have recorded it, but it's easier for me to be there. But it was painful because they could not correct the dog properly. They were all over the shop. Their timing was bad. Their their intensity was like not even existent. They were just they were basically giving the dog a lot of attention for jumping. And I'm up on the roof. And the neighbor was looking at me going, dude, there's a freaking guy on your roof. But anyway, um, so I'm standing there watching and it was killing me after like Literally, the dog was notorious just jumping. 12 minutes or something, the dog was jumping up, and I couldn't help myself. So I'm like, ah uh-uh, from the roof. The dog, like, stopped and looked around like, oh, my gosh, that voice. I know that that voice will result in a correction. Um, use your leash correction or, like, a bit of spatial pressure or even just, like, a poke to the ribs and, like, ah uh-uh, like, onto your bed or I'll give some sort of follow-up after the correction. I gave my verbal, uh uh-uh. uh. the dog stopped immediately and looked around, couldn't see me, but she stopped. And they thought that was funny. It was pretty comical in the moment, but I couldn't help myself because I'm like, well, this is just kind of annoying. Now, they ended up rehoming the dog because the dog was also resource guarding stuff and they had babies around. I told them, this dog is not meant for your house. You have twins coming up, um, just everything Everything that your dog's showing and the intensity and they couldn't handle the dog in so many different situations. I just thought it was better to move the dog onto somewhere where it could have a better life. Um, so I don't know what the what the outcomes would have been. But in that moment, if I stood in the backyard, the dog wouldn't jump. If I was there, the dog wouldn't, wouldn't jump on me, but would still jump on others. So sometimes it works that this is the case. Yeah, of course the dog. So jumping's really hard because it's like it's particular, like it's on a person. But when it comes to like separation distress, so dog has attention-seeking behaviours or pulling on the leash, which is like not directly to a person, but like in the house, in the backyard, door is closed. Sometimes mum or dad lets the dog in when it barks, but let's just say the son who called me um never rewards it. the dog. The, so when the dog knows that the son's home, The dog won't do it or will do it sometimes until he will come and go, "Uh ah, stop it. But then if he sees the mum and the mum always lets it in, that's where what you're saying can happen. Like, well, the inconsistency of family members because people are lazy, people feel bad for the dog, they worry about the neighbors, they have their own motivations, they will let the dog in. So I think we like, I think circumstances will depend on if the inconsistency of it, because it's not like the dog comes to my house, I train the dog not to bark, not to do this, not to do that, and then the dog's done it for three months, goes back to the house. A lot of the times, sometimes the dog won't, won't ever show that behavior again, but more than likely the dog's back in that environment. They're like, oh, of course I can do it because sometimes I get rewarded. Um, that was a big, huge rant. Does that even make any sense to you? I think any- so. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, But the pulling on the leash is a big one. People say, I hate it when my dog pulls on the leash, but they don't understand that when you release the pressure of the leash, you've rewarded the dog. You've given negative reinforcement. The pressure coming off feels good to the dog. The dog puts his head down, uses his chest and shoulders, pulls to the tree to pee on it, pulls to the person to, to get a pat, runs up to the dog to interact with it or pulls to the park to get the ball thrown. Every time that you release the pressure, the dog goes, ha, huh, I took the pressure off that leash. And he realises the harder I pull into the leash, the quicker we get to the thing, and then the pressure will go away. So do- people don't realize that they're getting what they reward because they let the dog pull, they reward the dog for pulling, and then they complain that the dog pulls on the leash. Now again, once you show them what lucid walking is all about, how to reward the behaviors you want, how to use leash pressure, how to correct the dog, and then of course to communicate and you know and all the other things that come with it, the dog will then eventually start to realize we don't go anywhere while I'm pulling on the leash. And that's when they can start to get what they reward on the other end. Cause we said there's two spectrums of this. It's either we get the behaviors we don't want pulling on the leash, or you get what you reward if you only release the pressure when the dog's walking by your side and only and can get access to pee on the tree and to go to the person and go to the dog and go to the park when there's no tension on the leash. Hence why, when people see my dogs off the leash, or if I drop the leads, I'm at the coffee shop, dogs are holding it down while I'm getting a, you know, you know, making an order, saying hi to people, like, oh my God, look at your dogs. They're so cool. I wish my dogs can do that. I'm like, yeah, you get what you reward. My dogs know that this is what better is their situation. They're comfortable, they're happy. So of course I get more of that. But most people are lazy and inconsistent and of course have multiple owners, have multiple handlers that are telling them so many mixed messages. The dog will only do bare minimum to get everything that they want because they're opportunistic.
1: Dogs are very opportunistic. I think that's the, that's the point, right? It's like they very quickly work out where their advantage lies in between even just different members of the household. Even
0: at the shelter, i rock up once a week and the dog would do the things that I wanted it to do. I walk into the kennel, the dog doesn't jump on me. Dog waits until I open the door. We go for a nice walk. The dog that's been there for 12 months will do the things for me. I only see him once a week. Some of the volunteers are there five days a week and they still can't get the behavior. What, what
1: about this one? When you go to a client's house, and they go, Oh my God, he's so good for you. Yeah. Why doesn't yeah. he do what I tell him to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Always. Well, not always, but very usually. Yes, very of course.
1: Because
0: the dog I knew, remembers. I
1: knew that he would I knew that he would just behave when the dog trainer turned up.
0: Yeah. We had that when I was dropping my son off to um, you know, family friends in Brisbane when they said like, Oh, the dog didn't like try to bite you. I'm like, Well, that's very common. Like, that's that that makes me feel very confident that I'm leaving my son here. Um, but she goes, he must he must know you're the dog whisperer. I'm like, no, we just walked into the house like we don't even care about your dog. We just walked in as if the dog wasn't there. And, we, and my, even my son, just we walked right past the dog. The dog didn't like try and the dog has no real, he's a very, very small dog, has no real issues with, with kids, only with like grown men that he like nips on their shorts and like kind of from behind. Um, and it didn't happen. And why is that? Not because I even had any interaction with the dog, but it's also how we present ourselves. We don't walk into the house. Oh, my goodness, little
1: Matthew. Matthew oh.
0: Of course, you're going to create a fearful or a stressed response or you're going to get an overexcited response. So you can also get what you reward in regards to how you hold yourself around dogs. If you just walk in as if, hey, as a dog trainer, I will rock up to the house to see the owners. The owners are the number one thing I want to engage with. Not even though I do engage with the dog the whole session, I engage with the dog less, especially at the beginning. I rock up dogs barking at me, dogs jumping, dogs behind the, behind the, the baby gate or out the back barking. I'm like, Hey, don't even look at the dog. Don't worry about it. We don't start the interaction by tending to Fluffy and giving him all the attention. We're here to talk and and now and, and analyze what we're going to do. Introduce ourselves. What we're going to do. And eventually, the dog's like, oh, I don't get anything for barking at him because normally, when the dog barks, we look at him, we pat him, or if the dog's barking out of like de- like defensiveness, the dog's barking to kind of make me go away, and unless I have to actually protect myself, and that's happened before too. People let the little dog, usually a little dog, run right up to me and, like, try to bite me. And they're like, see, that's what he does. I'm like, so you let your dog display aggression <laughs> to show me? I believe you. Why do you have to let your dog bite me? I got this massive um, bruise and a little like the, cut um, on me
1: once. I won't name any names, but there's dog trainers out there who will get their owner to replicate the behaviour that they're trying to extinguish just for social media, just so they can do, like, a before get the video. and after.
0: Yeah, I never get any freaking before videos because I never, first of all, when I'm in the moment, I'm so caught up in it that I never get a chance to pull the phone out. We only get the afters. I'm like, oh, this dog's reactive and sometimes aggressive. And every time I say that on the stories, it's like the dog is not anything like that. I'm like, well, yeah, it's because we've done the work first. Now I've decided to pull the camera out because I keep bloody forgetting. Um, Hence why I probably need a camera crew to follow some of the sessions so we can get some good content. But, um, yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't replicate. This is what – like I don't ever say, this is the leash. Show me what your walking looks like so I can see the problem. Because it all looks exactly the same. Actually, in fact, this is what we do right from the beginning. And if you can change it from today, so often I'm not going to say nine times out of ten because that's like such a cliche everyone says. Let's say seven or eight times out of ten, people like panel, since the slip lead and since the whole training routine. Oh my god, he like he doesn't pull on the leash anymore. I was like, yeah, because you just stay consistent. There's no, there's no. Sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. You got to manage the dog so we don't set them up for failure. Make sure that you can get what you reward as much as possible to kind of set your dog up to understand you can come into the house while we're having dinner, but you'll get some of my dinner as well, or some of the food. But you got to stay on your bed while we're eating. So, place means you stay on your place while we're eating. Easy. You do that more often. The dog's like, Of course, I want what you have. If I don't stay on my bed, you chuck me outside and close the door. That means I get access to none of your food. But if I stay on my bed, do that for a week or two, the dog would just run straight to his bed and wait there. And the bed can be right next to your dinner table while you're eating. And if you do that from day one when you got that puppy into your house or day one from like, you know, acquiring that new dog, the dog would just stay there knowing this is what we do, especially if there's a leash on so you can physically control him. It's just when you say it, it's like, Panos, a lot of the things you're saying seems like such common sense. Why the hell did I not know know that? But common sense isn't common. And- everything we've we done like an episode sense.
1: on that i feel like we should
0: common sense is a common yeah we should definitely do that there was another thing i wanted to talk about today which kind of tethers into this but we'll leave that as the last point because that will be the next one that we talk about it will be that topic um but yeah you um said it perfectly because it was one of the lists, is like laziness and inconsistency is usually the problem and multiple owners and family members is what can create big issues. Everyone wants the dog to do a certain thing, but only, you know, 20% of the family is doing it. So how are you going to get the behaviors you want when, you know, everyone else has access to that dog. And it's most frustrating when the son or the daughter gets the dog, does the training, but then they live with their parents. And the parents don't listen, don't do anything. This is a classic, my classic, um, come back to that is, this is a reflection of time for you to move on and to step out of the nest and to, and to create your own rules because if you can't be in your parents' house rent free but then complain that they don't do anything with the dog or don't or they do the wrong things if you're taking ownership of the dog and you're not getting what you want it's a kind of a direct relationship and a direct manifestation of you need to create your own space to create your own rules um, otherwise you can't really complain because how like how can you? my my, you know, spades would flare up with bad skin because I found out my dad was giving him toast in the morning. He's like, because he's hungry. I'm like, he follows you because (laughs) you give him toast. He goes, but he's eating the toast because he's hungry. I'm like, he's a dog man. What a self-fulfilling prophecy that one is. Of course he follows you. He's hungry. Well then I guess it technically has to be hungry to eat the toast from you, but he's a dog. He's going to eat the toast every time you give it to him. Like just because you eat chocolate and chips doesn't mean you're necessarily hungry. Just because you just like chocolate has a gluten intolerance. Man, since we moved, moved here, number one, um, cause he was getting some fleas at my old place. I think like cats or whatever. And like it was like, there was like not even any grass at my parents house, but he, he, when you he got fleas, he would flare up. Since living here, I've been pretty strict. Like it's been like six years, been strict on like mainly raw food diet, grain free kibble and, um, and just making sure the grass is short. So there's no like, you know, pollen, grass and stuff growing. Mm-hmm. But since diet change and um, and maybe being more consistent possibly, uh, he hasn't had, and I'd, I've only given him flea treatment maybe th- twice or three times in the last six years, like very rarely. Um, no flare-ups at all. So yeah, consistency where if he's eating God knows what with my parents that of course it's going to um, flare him up. So that sucks too. Um, ignorance is part of the main issue. When I say ignorance, I don't mean ignorance in like the negative connotation, like oh look at that ignorance. It's like person. you don't know
1: what you don't know. Right? You
0: just don't know. You're just you're ignoring yeah. of the, of a the thing. So, ignore ignorance can also be you just don't know, as you just said. So yeah,
1: I think I think it's you. You you don't know what you don't know, like and and that's it's like what I uh, say to some of the clients. It's like it's not your fault. You just didn't know. And then when you explain it to them, they're like. Oh, that's what I've been. I've been reinforcing. I've been rewarding all of these behaviors. It's like, yeah, you just didn't really kind of like know how that works, right? Exactly. Um, but now you do. So don't do it again.
0: Yeah. Or if you keep doing it, that's where the problem is. Like, look, I know we said, you know, keep him outside and don't let him in until he stops barking. But my neighbors get really pissed off. I'm like, well, your neighbors may be pissed off for a week or two of doing this whole process, going through some extinction bursts and uh, of more intense behaviour before it stops. But then you'll have years of benefit where your neighbours won't even hear your dog. So you got to weigh it up, have good communication. But, yeah, again, if you let the dog in when he's making noise and carrying on, of course you're going to get more of that behaviour unless you directly punish the behaviour and correct him in a different way, and that's a whole another thing that you can address as well. But, um but then, what happens when I'm not home and my roommate lets him in for barking because he's trying to sleep? He's a shift worker. Oh my God, I don't know. Hey, train the dog to something different. Or again, maybe change your roommate or change where you live. Again, I'm very being very extreme in Sydney. It's very hard to just move somewhere on your own um, and afford afford to live here. Um, but, um, but it's important that sometimes you have to look at the whole gamut. I think what you said before is perfect. You know, that 30,000 foot view is yeah. what you're looking at as an overarching sort of concept. How are you even communicating and giving your dog access to rewards? You know, yeah, rewards aren't just little cookies. Rewards are what your dog wants in the moment.
1: Exactly right. And and I another thing I try and teach him is like think of everything think of everything your dog does as like a button. Okay. So he's pushing a button, whatever that is, jumping up, barking in the crate, whatever it is. Now, do you want that button to lead to more of that behavior? Because when Mm. he does that and he's pushing that button, if you give him whatever he was looking for in that moment, you've basically taught him like that is the button. That's the light switch. Yeah. Right? So, think in the moment. Again, because timing is everything as well, right? The connection that they make with the behavior, it's like, okay, so the dog's doing X, Y, Z. Do you want him to make that connection with the consequence of that behavior? For example, he barks in the crate and you let him out. If, if, if that's what happens, then you've taught him that the button to be let out of the crate is to bark or to show distress, um, you know, to, to whine or whatever in the crate. So I try and give them a, like an analogy that they can mm. understand on not, not too of a technical level, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. Yeah. 100%. I like that one. The last two points I have here... One of them is anthropomorphism leads to rewarding bad behavior. Oh, a lot I felt of the
1: bad for him. I just, like, I looked into his eyes and he looked really sad and I just, you know, I felt bad. So I just let him, I let him out of the crate.
0: Yeah. Or like, oh, you know, my, I, I always tell him he's not out on the couch, but, you know, we're sitting on the couch, so he should sit with us. Or like, you know, it's like, it's it's things that, yeah, we project and for whoever doesn't know what anthropomorphism is, it's that you project human qualities onto something that's not human. So, you know, um, oh, but I thought it was slack to keep a dog in the crate. Like, oh, I thought it was cruel because I wouldn't put my child in a crate. Um, and when you understand the concept of crate training, you actually give your dog more freedom by being able to crate train them because like, ironically, your dog can be more comfortable inside of the crate. And then, you know everything's baby steps you can't just chuck a dog in a cage and close it up and go on good luck buddy see you in the morning you got to like you know desensitize him to the un- to the concept of being in there and giving him something positive you know and all that sort of ideal we which we won't get into but but yeah feeling so bad for him but oh you know I give him steak from my dinner table because he wants it I let him sit on the chair next to me and then you get so perplexed that your dog doesn't do what my dogs do or you get so perplexed that your dog does a whole bunch of random behaviors that you hate because your mindset's in the wrong place. So it's really un- it's really important to understand that dogs aren't people, dogs are dogs, and it's important to make that clear boundary, which then kind of leads to the last point that I've got written here is like you must remember – that you get what you reward on the positive side as well. So maintaining good habits, structure, and rituals to get the desirable behavior in your dogs. So maintain this, and this is just for life as well in general, right, is maintain a good habit structure, good habits, and the rituals that you do and on a daily basis, monthly basis, yearly basis, the things that you do all the time because it's, you know, um, the time is now. Time is now. I heard that the other day and I thought it was so powerful. Time isn't like something that you see on a watch. Time isn't a, isn't, a, isn't a li- like a timeline in your head. Like whatever's happening is happening right now. So it's now that you need to do the things that you need to do, not like, oh, tomorrow I'll do it and yeah, maybe next week we'll start. It's like everything that you interact, every single time you interact with your dog, your dog learns. My dog always chases birds when we're in the park. I'm like, because you let your dog off the leash and he chases birds all the time and you can never get him back. Good management and going, no, no, no. we always use a long leash in the park. I've got his dinner in my pouch. When I call him to come back to me, I feed him. Sometimes I give him access to the birds, but when I tell him to stop it, he stops. And look, in the last six months, we've been very diligent with it. Now I can let the long leash loose on the ground. He can like go and buzz off and chase a bird a little bit. But if I tell him to come back, he comes back and he holds it down or we can, or sometimes even if he's like pursuing a bird and I tell him stop it and he stops and we continue going on our path, man. My dog is so much more happier for it. So you get what you reward on the positive sides as well. So with my dog, here, and he only gets a ball and a tug when we're outside of the house generally. Like I never ever reward the dogs like that inside of my house. My dogs are like dead boring in the house because I never facilitate anything crazy. And if I if I've had time, like for example, right now, my dogs have not left the backyard all day since last night, because it was a day off today took my son to play center and I had to go accountants and all this sort of stuff. We're doing the podcast right now. So they've been fed and everything. As soon as I get off the um the podcast and my wife comes home, whenever that is, I will take the dogs out for their walk. So I'm, I'm predictably unpredictable. Chili hates my days off. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. and you should have seen him and nookie play. It was such a beautiful thing to watch and play Um, because he's like rarely home. Right. And when they do come inside the house, they're not really allowed to play. That's just my, you know, tyrannical rules Um, if they want to play they can go outside but i get what i reward because again my dogs are calm and relaxed and i give them massage and rub down and i hang out with them in a different capacity so because of all these rules and boundaries that i set on a consistent level we get more of that all the time i can go to an airbnb and have my dogs inside that place and they're not going to tear the place up um so as much as we've been talking about yeah of course you get what what you get because you've rewarded it It also happens on the positive side as well, Um, you know. And you got to kind of like you know, like that episode we we did about you got to enjoy the process of training. Otherwise, what are you doing, right? So, um, and of course, every dog's different. If you have a little tiny dog that that hasn't got much of a requirement, because you know the how it impacts the world isn't tragic, like that tragic story that whether you heard, I was uh, actually listening to um uh, Robert Cabral. YouTube video that he put out today. We were going to release this one today or tomorrow. So you can go and check out. He was talking about the tragic situation that those two bully breeds um mauled and killed the two children and more them and more the mother. Like horrible story. When I heard it, it was so sad. Um and he went on a huge rant. it was a mad episode. Whoever wants to, or I don't think it was an episode of his podcast, but it was definitely a video um talking about violent dogs or whatever, you can go check that out. But um, but listening to that is like he went to many, many topics about dog ownership and the type of breed that people have. And, you know, people like, you know, talking about like no kill shelters, pushing the wrong breeds into the wrong families and all this, like all the things that don't really normally get talked about. Um, it would be lovely to get him on the podcast one day, but I've reached out plenty of times. It's very hard to get in contact with him. Um, busy, busy man. But, um, but whoever's listening, Robert Cabral, go, um, find him on YouTube and listen to that episode. Um, but again, he right at the end, he talked about most dogs need like most dogs in terms of like all dogs basically need structure, good habits, good rituals. You need to have the right dog for the right house. You got to not be ignorant. You got to keep up doing everything you're doing because it can get as bad as a dog killing or biting one of your family members, like tragic stuff. Right. So I know that's on the extreme side of it, but. It could be from that extreme nature to anything in between. It could be that your dog just complicates the crap out of your life and you're like, I got this dog and like, I don't enjoy coming home anymore. I can't enjoy the time with him because he's just a maniac. It's because you probably are getting what you have rewarded, unfortunately. So, um, oh, and then the, I guess something that I want to talk about to set us up for the next time that me and you um, tee up for our podcast is, and it kind of is the same thing here, is that. Lately, I've been seeing people that have seen three, four, even five dog trainers before seeing me. Now, that could be attributed to bad dog training, or it could be attributed to people trying so many different people to find the golden answer to fixing my problem, Um, or people are really genuinely interested in dog training and they want to pick a couple of different people's brains, and and if that's the case, if it's the latter – because I would fall into that category. I'd see a bunch of people, different seminars and get a bunch of different concepts and put it into my way. But that's not the case. Usually the case is we haven't got the problem fixed, fix and everything that I'm teaching you. It's kind of like what the other person said. Like you could have just like, I'm not going to fix your dog. You got to do it. So, um, So I guess that was like a bit of a teaser for the next time that me and Luke um, sit down and talk. We're going to talk more about why you shouldn't see so many different dog trainers and also why are you seeing so many different dog trainers? And there's like a whole conversation to be had about that. So that's us for today, I think. Anything else you'd like to add?
1: I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I think we'll wrap it up there.
0: Remember, you get what you reward. Think about
1: it. (laughs) Apply it. Let us know what you think.
0: Yes, I always love it. And if you like this episode, take a photo of it, screenshot it, and put in your stories and tag us at uh, Life With Your Dog
1: Podcast on Instagram. Love you all. See you Thanks, later. Thanks, boys and girls. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at NP underscore dog
1: underscore training. My website, npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, K-9-C-A-N-I-N-E dot com dot au uh, I'm also on Instagram at Kizina K9 Training. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.